listening to Everyday Engineering, the City of Madison's engineering podcast where we talk about infrastructure, complex topics explained simply, from the water that flows down your drain to the rain and snow that drains into the lakes, by way the curbs and streets we design. City Engineering touches your life in so many ways, explained right now in Everyday Engineering infrastructure from the ground up. That's what we're talking about here on Everyday Engineering. Topics that impact you at home or in this week's case, on the bus. My name is Hannah Molinitsky, Public Information Officer for the City of Madison Engineering Division, your host on this podcast, which right now you may be listening to us while en route on a Metro Transit bus ride to or from home or work. So joining in on the conversation today is John Evans, Building Design Project Manager from the City's Engineering Division, and Chuck Camp, Metro Transit General Manager. Thank you both for stopping in. Thanks for having us today, Hannah. Thanks for having us on board. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Are you ready to have some fun today and talk about some buses? Uh, even though it's serious work, there's a lot of fun to be had. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to this. And thank you again for coming in. So in this podcast, we're going to cover a lot of ground from the past, key history and Metro's role in regional transit to right now and the future, the plan for bus rapid transit, expansions and even electric buses. So let's first lay some foundation and groundwork here. We know Metro runs the services on the routes, engineering builds the routes, the roads, so there's a lot of collaboration in planning. So can you both kind of start out with how the two agencies work together and the roles that each of you play? So I'll start just because Metro Transit is an operating agency and we rely heavily on many experts and in particular in the engineering field we rely on city engineering for facility work we're doing a lot of that, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in the program. We also work uh, with traffic engineering. Uh, those might seem um, invisible to the public, but they're absolutely critical in order for an operating agency to grow into the future is to work with engineering. I think that's, that's, that, that is such a true statement. Even moving into this position, yeah, there's a lot of different city agencies that the public doesn't realize has a hand in really everything we do. We work together a lot. John, can you kind of talk a little bit about that yeah, as well? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's that's actually a good a good thing. Like we're because yes. we're behind the scenes, we don't mm -hmm. want to be out there. Because if we're out there and people see us, that means something's not right, right? If everything's working great, the buses are on time, the roads are pothole free, and the garbage is collected, etc. You know that that's a good thing. But our my role in engineering is. Uh, related to facility design and construction. Mm -hmm. So, and like Chuck said, we're doing a lot of that uh, this year and, and in the coming years, and we're really excited about that. But we, we sort of see every city agency as a, as a client. Um, so Metro is a, is, is a client to engineering, just like the fire department, the police department, the library. When they have a, a building project that needs to get done, uh, we want them to come to us and say, hey, we need help. And uh, we're happy to do it because we have, you know, we, our group really has the expertise for architects and engineers, uh, construction managers. Um, you know, we build several projects a year and it's really expensive for an agency to have their own staff that would be um, either hired just to do a building project. And then when the project's done, what do they do? Mm -hmm. And for, in Metro's case, their maintenance is really focused on, on buses and a building, building maintenance is different. And they do have their own maintenance staff, um, and they do a great job, but, you know, they're, they're busy maintaining the building. Um, we don't, 
they don't have the time to also work on a construction project while they're trying to keep the building operating. Right. They need a building. Right. Yes. So, or an expansion or a renovation or anything like that. Right. And one of the other things that might be invisible is we do have building maintenance folks. They do a fantastic job. And so there's a little bit of care in the personnel dealings with one another. And I just want to put a plug in that the city engineering folks have been so respectful of our different expertises. And we've learned now how much we're relying on city engineering for all of these buildings. So uh, that's an important personnel relationship, and it's gone very well. Got to work together, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's essential. It is essential. So, Chuck, let's now dive in a little bit deeper. So what is Metro's role when we're talking about regional transit and kind of the impact that it's having on our area as a whole? Well, uh, the word this these days, and I really like it because in my 38-year career, we're about mobility. Mm-hmm. We are about getting people around. Despite the growth of technology and smartphones and things like that, people need to get to jobs. People need to visit their friends, get to the hospital or medical appointments, go shopping. So we are about mobility, and we have partners throughout the region. We just added Sun Prairie to our partnership list a a couple weeks ago. It was a very big deal. Mm -hmm. They have been so supportive early on with one of the first to have a new park and ride lot on the first day of our service. That's really a first in my 38 years. But partners in Verona, Fitchburg, uh, Town of Madison, uh, Middleton, uh, Shorewood Hills. We really are a regional system. We also coordinate with para, uh, Dane County on paratransit. So we are a regional system where we're tr- actually trying to be even more regional than we already are. Wow. You know, and some of the numbers, you know, can we run through just so that people know the impact, the rides per day, right. you know, the miles driven, the fleet size. There's a lot of numbers that contribute to the impact that kind of stretches across our whole area when it comes to Metro. Yes, uh, last year Metro did a little over 13 million rides, both on fixed route and on paratransit. 13 million. million rides in a year. And on a given day when UW is in service and MMSD, K through 12 schools are in service, we will do upwards of 60,000 rides on one day, sometimes more than that. It drops in the summer and on weekends. Uh, We have 218 buses, and we're planning for 285 buses. We have 490 employees, bus drivers, mechanics, and the like. And we have about a $60 million operating budget. And now that engineering is helping us with facilities, we have a big capital budget, too. (laughs) There's John just like, yep, that's us, and we're all working together. (laughs) Those facility projects, I like to say, when people, you know, they're saying, well, what's going on at Metro? And I say, well, it really started with a roof leak. Right. If you really, it, what it comes down to. Really? Is, yeah. Back in 2016, um, I just started with the city and um, my boss said, hey, Metro's got a roof leak. Let's go check it out. And went out there. And, yep. Sure enough, there's a leak. There's a leak there. There's a leak there. There's, there's leaks everywhere. And oh, they've got some other, a lot of other issues too. Um, we could spend the whole time talking about that. Yeah. So we really came together and did a comprehensive plan on what do we need to put into this facility to keep it operating, you know, for the next 20, 30 years. And um, that's kind of what we're implementing today. It took a couple of years to do the plan and the legwork and get, get it into the budget. But now this year and next year and the next coming years, I think it's about 30 to $40 million 
mm-hmm. is going to be invested in, into the facility at, on East Washington Avenue. And I just saw an editorial cartoon that talked about, well, why has it taken us so long to do these things? Well, uh, a, a very brief 10-year history. 10 years ago, we were looking at not a satellite facility, but we were looking at building up on 1101 East Washington, having a two-layer bus garage with parking on top, and that became an excessively expensive alternative. And also, East Washington is developing in such a way that it was felt to be inconsistent with the development along East Washington. So it has taken our decision makers some time to sort out what's the best use of taxpayer dollars and where we're headed now, we've actually run the numbers with the help of my boss, Tom Lynch, that have literally looked at what's the capital cost per bus over the next 20 years and what's the cheapest of our 20 alternatives and where we're headed now is the best bang for the buck. And the projects that we're doing right now, briefly, what can you just run through them on what we're doing with Metro if people aren't familiar with the projects? Yeah, so there's there's two main projects. The, there's projects at 1101 East Washington that'll be uh, expanding the facility and bringing the infrastructure of the facility to current standards, current codes. Then we're also looking at a project out at the former Oscar Mayer facility. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a large site, and we're going to look at taking a portion of that site and what's what Chuck just referred to as the satellite facility would be located out there. Um, so it's it's close enough to their their central facility that it doesn't hinder operations to a great extent, and it gives them room to expand and grow the fleet to the 285 buses that we want to be at in the future. So I've had community members ask very good questions. Why would you invest in fixing your garage and not just buy a brand new satellite facility? Mm -hmm. That's why I point out we've looked at those numbers in building a facility or two brand new to handle 285 buses is far more expensive than taking care of our existing garage, upgrading it, and using the satellite facility so that we can be at 285 buses in the next five or 10 years. Okay, so we've covered kind of the past, where we've come from, how we've expanded the impact. Um, Let's talk current. So the current facility, a bit dated, cramped, and you're operating obviously what we mentioned off East Washington, and we talked about some of the growth there, Um, and we talked about the expansion. Um, Another part of the expansion Uh, The bus rapid transit plan that was announced on September 18th, 2019, Metro Forward. So it's pretty mind-blowing to hear how fast we're growing and how much this is needed. So I'm just going to share a couple of numbers here for anyone listening. If growth continues by year 2050, there will be an anticipated 85,000 new jobs in our area, 100,000 new residents just in Dane County, which translates to 800,000 new road trips to work, school, and play. And if we don't work toward this now, it's going to get pretty congested out there, making for commute times to even double. So um, I just kind of wanted to lay that groundwork for anybody who isn't quite familiar yet with Metro Forward. They surely will be. But can we just talk about that and um, what this means for the everyday rider? So um, our new Sun Prairie service goes along East Washington Avenue. I was riding the Route 23 bus with some folks that worked on the square. And I said to them, imagine one day that this right lane that has cars parked on it 
is a lane where Metro every 10 minutes or less is taking 60 foot buses, bringing hundreds, if not several thousand people to work and how many cars that would take off the road. And important for a lot of people, they want a choice where they can move quickly to their destination. So bus rapid transit uses a lot of good technology tricks to move those buses quickly, get people to their destinations, and really become a viable alternative to the automobile. To add to that too, I occasionally ride the 38 bus. You can find John on the 38 bus. <laughs> not, not, not very often. Mostly the 12, actually. Yeah, I'm okay. usually on the 12. Okay, okay. But um, <laughs> when I ride the 38 bus, I'm amazed. It is packed with people, and it's traveling east to west through downtown, out to uh, through UW and out to the hospital. And on peak times, there's an extra bus or sometimes even two extra buses, and each one of those buses is filled up with 40 or 50 people, standing room only. And that's kind of the the future route that the bus rapid transit, would, one of the routes that bus rapid transit would go on. And you just see that tremendous demand for that route. Right. And, and that's a great point for several reasons. One, uh, crowded buses today, people may not see that with our tinted windows that we have people standing on a, on a regular basis on the bus. The new BRT buses are going to be 60 feet long. So two 60-foot buses versus three or four 40-foot buses does a couple things. Number one, people are more likely to get a seat. Mm -hmm. Number two, that's more cost-effective to have two drivers carrying those 120 or 150 people rather than four drivers. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so it's really a cost-effective way to move a lot of people. And, and to look at our lanes on East Washington as a scarce resource if we just say, well, we have plenty of room to expand, on East Washington, we would be expanding into people's front yards and onto their porches. That's not the Madison that we want to mm -hmm. live in. We also have overcrowding on buses, I think, because people understand that transit is an environmentally friendly alternative, both to the land and to uh, from the carbon side. We score very high on both of those. And Madison residents are very tuned in to wanting to contribute to climate change in a positive way. Yeah, we've all been stuck on East Washington and traffic, and can you imagine even more traffic, right? right? And that would it's be a, a nightmare. nightmare. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And and I have to ask this question because I know that there are listeners out there with this view as well. You know, well, this sounds awesome. It's obviously needed, and it's environmentally friendlier. It's um, all of the things that we know Madison embodies and, and lives for and breathes and grows on. But what would you say to anybody who doesn't believe in this? You know, the people that, that say, I don't need the bus. I like to drive my car. I like to go from point A to point B. I don't want to wait at a bus stop. You know, why, why should I care about this? Or why should I even change up my commute and ride the bus? It's a great question. Uh, today I drove my car because I have an appointment tonight that I can't access with the bus. So we want to keep those lanes available to those that have to drive their car. And what I would say is that communities across the United States, and I would say across the world, that are the most attractive, the most fun places to live and work, are places where you have choices. Think about cities that are built up with only highways. I grew up in Detroit after the transit system was in decline and you could not get around except by car. I hear people say they want Madison to be a place where you can get around by bus, by walking, 
by uh, taking your bicycle. And to be uh, a community like that, and I would say, if we look at communities, the mayor used the one, uh, Austin, Texas, 25 or 30 years ago, was where we were at today. And they chose, instead of investing in transit, to invest in roads. And they have one of the five worst uh, cities in the United States of congestion. We, that's not Madison. We would like to be a place where people are moving around, accessing jobs, accessing education, no matter whether they can afford a car or not, or whether they want a car or not. I, go ahead, John. Oh, I was going to say, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of people that use the bus, and I'm one of these people that use the bus as kind of last, they call it last mile commuting. Sure. You know, I live, I live outside of Madison. Mm-hmm. I don't, parking and traffic downtown is, is not, not fun. So <laughs> I, I prefer to yeah. park on the edge of Madison and take the bus in. Sure. <laughs> And there's a lot of people that do that, whether it's bike or, or bus. Um, and there's people that choose not to do that. But I think if, if, some, if you have that choice and the system works really well, you know, whether you're using it or not, it's helping, helping you be able to drive your car efficiently um, if you choose to do that. Um, so I think even if you're not a metro user or even a heavy, I'm not a heavy metro user, but I still really appreciate the system being there. Sure. Because I know... It helps me when I when I'm in my car. It reduces congestion. So it's it's an it's important. It's a piece of infrastructure that the city has, just like a police station or a fire station or a library, and it's it's important that that we take care of it. Right. I would also say on the economic development side, both from the University of Wisconsin and from Epic and other large employers, they are beginning to calculate what is the cost of an underground parking spot. Mm. What is the cost of building a six-story ramp? What is the cost of surface parking? So there's a growing understanding if we use our land for car parking rather than in the case of the university for dormitories, for research labs, or in the case of Epic, Mm -hmm. for more employees to be able to work there, that's not the best use of their dollar. They would rather have people get bus passes and get to work or to school more efficiently. It sounds like you've heard that argument before. So I think that it's really, it's, it's worth time to take to explain the benefits of this. So yes, um, thank you. Yes, I, I think we're wrapping up here. This last question. Um, we want this podcast to be a resource for anybody listening. So any resource that they can kind of take away, use day to day surrounding this topic that you can think of or really anything else that you want to add as we wrap up? Yeah, um, I, we didn't really talk about it. It could be a whole nother podcast topic probably but electric <laughs> buses right yes. we're, we're starting the, the grand experiment with electrifying our fleet and i think a lot of people are also looking at that on their their personal vehicles as well and the city is as well in our in our passenger vehicles so we're going to be i think as that market evolves and that technology evolves you know metro is going to be an early adopter and i think you know we're going to be able to improve the technology and, and give people feedback about how electric vehicles really operate so I'm excited about that. And uh, I guess the other thing I want to add is people may not realize this, but Metro is one of the city's largest um, agencies, about 500 employees. It's also probably our hardest working building and agency. It's, it's a 365, 24-7 operation. Uh, there's, there's staff working at Metro on, on Christmas. You know? So it, sure. it's, uh, I guess that's something I wanted to make sure people realize that you know, there's a lot of city employees that work at Metro that, that are very, very hardworking and very dedicated, and we really appreciate that. 
Thank you, John. And they, our employees, are very excited for the mayor's vision for bus rapid transit and bringing Metro into the 21st century. The top group that's excited to make that happen are the drivers and mechanics and customer service agents at Metro Transit. Speaking of which, to reach them, our resources are mymetrobus.com. Mm -hmm. You will see on there the mayor's uh, press conference on BRT. I'm an old school guy, so if you need to talk to someone a little bit, 266-4466. Operators are standing it, by. Yeah. Their <laughs> customer service, they answer the phone immediately. Absolutely. You call. It's, well, they it's have wonderful. to, and that's yeah. great. And, and professional and wonderful. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Really important conversation to have. Um, also, make sure you check out the app. Uh, make sure you're checking out the project page for the progress of the Metro projects. You can just go on the cityofmadison.com and then click on projects, and um, it's all there. So you can follow along with all the project updates and everything sometimes photos, everything like that. If you have any other questions, you're listening to this about this topic or really anything else you'd like us to chat about, like us on Facebook, City of Madison Engineering. And until next time, we're here for you as a resource every day in engineering.